section fourteen of in old plantation days by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain section fourteen the memory of martha you may talk about banjo playing if you will but unless you heard old ben in his palmy days you have no idea what genius can do with five strings stretched over the sheepskin you have been told perhaps that the banjo is not an expressive instrument well in the hands of the ordinary player it is not but you should have heard old ben as bending low over the neck with closed eyes he made the shell respond like a living soul to his every mood it sang it laughed it sighed and just as the tears began welling up into the listener's eyes it would break out into a merry reel that would set one's feet a twinkling before one knew it ben and his music were the delight of the whole plantation white and black master and man and in the evening when he sat before his cabin door picking out tune after tune hymn ballad or breakdown he was always sure of an audience sometimes it was a group of white children from the big house with a row of piccaninnies pressing close to them sometimes it was old mass and miss themselves who strolled up to the old man drawn by his strains often there was company and then ben would be asked to leave his door and play on the veranda of the big house later on he would come back to martha laden with his rewards and swelled with the praise of his powers and martha would say to him you ben don't you git conceity now you des keep yo haid level i des moan low you been up dar playin some of dem ungodly tunes like ho coin and dictators ben would laugh and say well den i take the wickedness offen de banjo swing in old woman and he would drop into the accompaniment of one of the hymns that were the joy of martha's religious soul and she would sing with him until with a flourish and a thump he brought the music to an end next to his banjo ben loved martha and next to ben martha loved the banjo in a time and a region where frequent changes of partners were common these two servants were noted for their single-hearted devotion to each other he had never had any other wife and she had called no other man husband their children had grown up and gone to other plantations or to cabins of their own so alone drawn closer by the habit of comradeship they had grown old together ben martha and the banjo one day martha was taken sick and ben came home to find her moaning with pain but dragging about trying to get his supper with loud pretended upbraidings he bundled her into bed got his own supper and then ran to his master with the news marfy she down sick mass tom he said and i's mighty uneasy in my mind bout her seem like she don't look right to me outen her eyes i'll send the doctor right down ben said his master i don't reckon it's anything very serious i wish you would come up to the house to-night with your banjo mr lewis is going to be here with his daughter and i want them to hear you play it was thoughtlessness on the master's part that was all he did not believe that martha could be very ill but he would have reconsidered his demand 
if he could have seen on ben's face the look of pain which the darkness hid you'll send the doctor right away mass oh yes i'll send him down don't forget to come up i won't forget said ben as he turned away but he did not pick up his banjo to go to the big house until the plantation doctor had come and given martha something to ease her then he said i's got to go up to de big house marthy i'll be back pretty soon don't you hurry though on my account you go long and gin mass tom good measure you hear quit your bossin said ben a little more cheerfully i got you where you can't move and if you give me any a yo back talk i low i'll frail you monstrous martha chuckled a go along and ben went lingeringly out of the door the banjo in its ragged cover under his arm the plantation's boasted musician played badly that night colonel tom curtis wondered what was the matter with him and mr lewis told his daughter as he drove away that it seemed as if the colonel's famous banjoist had been overrated but who could play reels and jigs with the proper swing when before his eyes was the picture of a smoky cabin room and on the bed in it a sick wife the wife of forty years the black man hurried back to his cabin where martha was dozing she awoke at his step didn't i tell you not to hurry back here she asked i ain't never hurried i reckon i gin them all the music they wanted ben answered a little sheepishly he knew that he had not exactly covered himself with glory how's you feeling he added about the same i got kind of a misery in my side i reckon you couldn't jine in to him to tek de wickedness outen dis old banjo he looked anxiously at her i don't know bout jinin in but you go long and place anyhow if i feel like journeyin wid you i find you somewhere on de road the banjo began to sing and when the hymn was half through martha's voice not so strong and full as usual but trembling with a new pathos joined in and went on to the end then ben put up the banjo and went to his rest the next day martha was no better and the same the next her mistress came down to see her and delegated one of the other servants to be with her through the day and to get ben's meals the old man himself was her close attendant in the evenings and he waited on her with the tenderness of a woman he varied his duties as nurse by playing to her sometimes some lively cheerful bit but more often the hymns she loved but was now too weak to follow it gave him an aching pleasure at his heart to see how she hung on his music it seemed to have become her very life he would play for no one else now and the little space before his door held his audience of white and black children no more they still came but the cabin door was inhospitably shut and they went away whispering among themselves aunt martha's sick little lies who was a very wise piccaninny once added yes aunt marthy's sick and my mammy says she ain't never gwine to get up no mo another child had echoed never in the hushed awestruck tones which children use in the presence of the great mystery liza's mother was right ben's martha was never to get up again one night during a pause in his playing she whispered play hock from de tune he turned into the hymn and her voice quavering and weak joined in ben started for she had not tried to sing for so long he wondered if it wasn't a token in the midst of a hymn she stopped but he played on to the end of the verse then he got up and looked at her her eyes were closed and there was a smile on her face a smile that ben knew was not of earth he called her but she did not answer he put his hand upon her head 
but she lay very still and then he knelt and buried his head in the bedclothes giving himself up to all the tragic violence of an old man's grief marthy 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 he called what you want to leave me fa marthy wait i ain't gwine be long his cries aroused the quarters and the neighbors came flocking in ben was hustled out of the way the news carried to the big house and preparations made for the burying ben took his banjo he looked at it fondly patted it and placing it in its covering put it on the highest shelf in the cabin brother ben allus was a most popular and sponsible sort o man said liza's mother as she saw him do it now dat's what i call showin spec to sis marthy puttin his banjo up in de very place whar it'll get all dust brother ben show is different from any husband i ever had she had just provided lies with a third stepfather on many evenings after martha had been laid away the children seeing ben come and sit outside his cabin door would gather around waiting and hoping that the banjo would be brought out but they were always doomed to disappointment on the high shelf the old banjo still reposed gathering dust finally one of the youngsters bolder than the rest spoke ain't you gwine play no mo uncle ben and received a sad shake of the head in reply and a laconic nope this remark lies dutifully reported to her mother no oh coast not said that wise woman with emphasis oh coast brother ben ain't gwine play no mo not right now leastways and don't you go dare pesterin him neither lies you be perlite and spectable to him and make yo begents when you pass the child's wise mother had just dispensed with her latest stepfather the children were not the only ones who attempted to draw old ben back to his music even his master had a word of protest i tell you ben we miss your banjo he said i wish you would come up and play for us some time i'd like to master i'd like to but ever time i think about playing i can des see her up there and hear de kind of music she's a listening to and i ain't got no heart for dat old banjo no more the old man looked up at his master so pitifully that he desisted oh never mind he said if you feel that way about it as soon as it became known that the master wanted to hear the old banjo again every negro on the plantation was urging the old man to play in order to say that his persuasion had given the master pleasure none though went to the old man's cabin with such confidence of success as did mary the mother of lies oh cause he won't gwine play den she said as she adjusted a ribbon he was a moanin but now hit's different and she smiled back at herself in the piece of broken mirror she sighed very tactfully she settled herself on old ben's doorstep i never come long ya she said without thinkin bout miss marthy me and her was great friends and a mighty good friend she was ben shook his head affirmatively mary smoothed her ribbons and continued i used to often come and set in my dough when you'd be a playin to her i was des sayin to myself t'other day how i would like to hear dat old banjo again she paused pears like miss marfie'd be right nigh ben said nothing she leaned over until her warm brown cheek touched his knee won't you play for me brother ben she asked pleadingly des to bring back de memory oh miss marthy the old man turned two angry eyes upon her i don't need to play he said and i ain't gwine to sis marthy's memories yeah and tapping his breast he walked into his cabin leaving mary to take her leave as best she could it was several months after this that a number of young people came from the north to visit the young master robert curtis 
it was on the second evening of their stay that young eldridge said look here colonel curtis my father visited your plantation years ago and he told me of a wonderful banjoist you have and said if i ever came here to be sure to hear him if he was alive is he you mean old ben yes he's still living but the death of his wife rather sent him daft and he hasn't played for several years pshaw i'm sorry we laughed at father's enthusiasm over him because we thought he overrated his powers i reckon not he was truly wonderful don't you think you can stir him up oh do colonel curtis chorused in a number of voices well i don't know said the colonel but come with me and i'll try the young people took their way to the cabin where old ben occupied his accustomed place before the door uncle ben said the master here are some friends of mine from the north who are anxious to hear you play i knew you'd break your rule for me child honey began the old man but robert his young master interrupted him i'm not going to let you say no and he hurried past uncle ben into the cabin he came out brushing the banjo and saying whoo the dusk the old man sat dazed as the instrument was thrust into his hand he looked pitifully into the faces about him but they were all expectancy then his fingers wandered to the neck and he tuned the old banjo then he began to play he seemed inspired his listener stood transfixed from piece to piece he glided pouring out the music in a silver stream his old fingers seemed to have forgotten their stiffness as they flew over the familiar strings for nearly an hour he played and then abruptly stopped the applause was generous and real but the old man only smiled sadly and with a faraway look in his eyes as they turned away somewhat awed by his manner they heard him begin to play softly an old hymn it was hark from the tomb he stopped when but half through and robert returned to ask him to finish but his head had fallen forward close against the banjo's neck and there was a smile on his face as if he had suddenly had a sweet memory of martha End of section fourteen